Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Beckham Z Jam down by the seaside. Beckham Z Jam wins the Breeders' Crown. It's Rock and Run. Mick Wicked on the inside. Mick Wicked to win the Jim York Memorial. Fear the Dragon fights on down by the seaside on the outside. Fear the Dragon down by the seaside. Down by the seaside. And Brian Sears gets up to do it. Keystone Velocity getting closer. Mel Mar looking for the line. Keystone Velocity. Keystone Velocity takes it at the very end. All bets off. Keystone Velocity. Keystone Velocity. And Dan Dubay to win the Potomac Pace. This guy's the Energizer Bunny. As they head for the wire, fire your guns. Here he comes. Foiled again. He keeps going and going and going and going and going. You are tuned in to the official. Podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing, post time with Mike and Mike, with co-hosts Mike Carter. And it's bus 936, and bus 936 on the wings of an angel. And Mike Bozich. Outside heaven rocks, but the clock's running out. Bella Buster Hanover wins the Commodore Ferry. Going and going. Post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're coming off a big weekend where we were at the Harness Racing Hall of Fame on Sunday, covering live from Goshen, New York. Mike, what a great, great day that was! A great night, Mike. Hearing all of the Hall of Fame inductees talk about their stories, talking about their personal stories talking about their involvement in the sport of harness racing. Just a fantastic, fantastic evening, and it was fun to listen to some great stories. And, Mike, we're going to kind of follow that up with uh, somebody that we are just so thrilled uh, that will take the time out to be on this program here today, and that is the Hall of Fame announcer from the great state of Illinois, Carl Becker. How excited, Mike, are you to have Carl Becker on this program? I know I'm geeked. You know, I saw Carl and Kurt Becker at the Hall of Fame dinner. I actually went up and talked to both of them, and they are such down-to-earth people and such great people to uh, talk to. And, Mike, it's one of those things where, you know, you you sit back and you go, man, these are such great announcers, such high-profile announcers. And, and, you know, you think maybe, you know what, you know, uh, maybe they're too good to talk to me, but what great people, what what things they do for the sport of harness racing. And uh, I'm excited to sit down and uh, find some more out about Carl. Yeah, no question about it. So happy to have Carl. We've had his son, Kurt, on the program a couple of times, but uh, we've never had Carl, so we are just so, so thrilled to have Carl Becker on this program coming up towards the top of the hour. What about our our, our leadoff hitter and our number two hitter, Mike? This is going to be very interesting because we've got them back-to-back. Adriano Sorella and Blake McIntosh, and of course, uh, unless you've been living under a rock, you realize what these two guys have in common. They have <laughs> plunked down the big bucks to supplement to the Meadowlands space. 
Uh, of course, the eliminations coming up on Saturday with the finals next Saturday. We will be there broadcasting live. Uh, make sure you keep uh, locked in on our website for more information about that. But Adriano Sorella and Blake McIntosh, how about that? Jimmy Freight and Courtly Choice both supplemented to the Meadowlands pace. And Mike, is going to be very interesting to see how those two particular horses do. How do they, they're both giving you 61,690 reasons why they think they have a chance to win the Meadowlands Pace next Saturday. It's very exciting to see two big-name uh, guys bring their horses to the table. Jimmy Freight is an interesting horse that I'm really interested to kind of see uh, how he does against the top three-year-olds. Because if you remember, back at Woodbine Mohawk Park a couple of weeks ago, Mike, he faced Mick Wicked and Sintra and was third behind those two against a loaded older horses field. I think Jimmy Freight's got a big chance to win the Meadowlands Pace coming up next Saturday. Well, and how about this, Mike? In the elimination, of course, there are two eliminations now for the Meadowlands Pace. Top five in both division get in. But how about this, Mike? Courtly Choice and Jimmy Freight both in the same elimination, and they start next door to each other. Numbers two <laughs> and number three. Dave Miller will be driving, uh, or perhaps driving Courtly Choice, we don't know yet, and uh, Louis Philippe will be coming to drive Jimmy Freight. So it'll be very, very interesting. Mike, just can't, can't wait. It's, uh, and it really, it's just uh, going to be a star-studded card, not only, Mike, on Meadowlands Pace Day, but uh, I'll tell you some pretty good races coming up on Elimination Day as well. I mean, you've got uh, a couple of the graduate finals there. Uh, the fifth race is the uh, graduate final for the Trotters, and there's some just some great, great horses in there with uh, Bill's Man or so I had a chance to see just look absolutely outstanding uh, in a, a performance here at Harris, Philadelphia. Ariana G will try to right the ship. Yes, Mickey's in that particular race as well, along with Moonshiner Hanover International Money. That's going to be a fantastic race. And then, of course, uh, you've got another graduate final uh, that's in race 10 for the Pacers. And how about that field, Mike? You want to talk about fireworks, filibuster Hanover, uh, Max Jackpot, Western Joe, Don't Tell Me Again, Me So Fast, Bloodline, Aroma Beach, Lawrencetown Beach, and Hialator. That is going to be uh, one for the ages, too. Yeah, it's a star-studded field. Both of them are a big stakes weekend coming up at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment, all culminating with next week's Meadowlands Pace. It's going to be a fun weekend of live harness racing action. And speaking of live harness racing action, Mike, it seems like uh, we're on the road an awful lot over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we've got a lot of things planned, and we're going to be talking to the man, Mike Way, who uh, represents Jackson Raceway. We're actually going to be live from Jackson Raceway uh, supporting the New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program coming up on Sunday beginning at 2 o'clock. Yeah, that's uh, going to be a fantastic program uh, as well. The very last harness race will be taking place at Jackson Raceway. Hats off to Mike Way and the gang for putting this together. And we're going to have a chance to talk to Mike about what went into putting this together. And uh, plus, we'll chat with him about some of the memories of Jackson Raceway and Michigan harness racing in general. Uh, that's coming up. Plus, Darren Gagne is running Aces segment and much, much more. We're going to get to a timeout. But first, uh, we're going to get to uh, Adriano Sorella uh, coming up in just a few minutes. But we have a timeout to take first. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet Americans. I can't miss edition and it comes up next 
At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join Revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. Join Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment for our championship meet that is highlighted on July 14th with Crawford Farms, Meadowlands Pace, and then wraps up on August 4th with our prestigious Pembletonian. Join us for promotion pack Friday and Saturday nights with post time at 7.15. Test your skills and take a shot at the survivor wager for added gambling fun. For more info, go to playmeadowlands.com. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. On this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, one of the big things uh, that kind of, you know, makes the Meadowlands pace what it is, is kind of a high drama uh, from things. And talk about one person supplementing, two people supplementing is just absolutely unheard of. There is no question that a lot of drama surrounds the 2018 edition of the Meadowlands Pace, but of course the two supplementees. I don't even know if that's a word, Mike, but uh, I used it I, yesterday, know, and I don't think it is either. Not, supplement is not a word either, but uh, I'll tell you what I think we can call Adriano and Blake the supplementers because they're <laughs> looking to take the Meadowlands Pace by storm. And you're right, a lot of drama involving uh, the Meadowlands Pace. Of course, you know we could have had three supplementees. Mike, if uh, Lather Up wouldn't have come out of the the uh, the race on Sunstake Saturday, uh, a little sick, right? He scoped a little sick. Yeah, that's uh, that's what we're hearing is he scoped sick. But uh, we're going to jump in and talk to Adriano Sorella now. And Adriano, talk to us, man, about uh, Jimmy Freight. Uh, you're giving us uh, 61,690 reasons to uh, let us know you have a chance in the Meadowlands pace. Uh, talk about uh, Jimmy and how he's training and uh, how was the trip to America? Well, um, uh, good morning, first off. Um, uh, that 61,000 is like 7 billion Canadians, so it was a little bit tough uh, <laughs> to, get that, to get that check out uh, to the Meadowlands. So 
Uh, I saw Blake kind of said the same thing. He, he made a comment about it. I felt the exact same way. So uh, it wasn't easy to do, I'll tell you that much. Um, but, uh, you know, the horse, I, I, I think the horse deserves a shot at it. You know, I made the mistake of not keeping him eligible for the uh, North America's Cup, and I, I kicked myself for it. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't really sure how he was going to come back this year. He looked great training down in the winter. And uh, I just, you know, thought there was a lot of monsters out there uh, from last year. So it kind of shied me away from the stuff at the beginning of the year. Um, and then when I watched him training down, I, I kind of started thinking maybe I made a mistake. And then watching him race, and I really started kicking myself and, and thinking, you know what, I, I you know, I might have made a mistake. You know, I did keep him eligible for a lot of stuff uh, closer to the end of the year. Um, but that wasn't one of them. And the Metal Lines pace wasn't even on my radar. And, and then, you know, I started thinking about it, and I said, you know what, I didn't give him a shot in the NA Cup, so uh, he's done well in the, uh, in the sire stakes, and uh, let's, just take, let's just take the money he made and, you know, throw it into the pot and give him a shot. Adriano Sorello, Mike Bozich here. Now, I got a two-part question for you. First off, uh, how many times did, did you sit down in front of that check, write a number, then stop for a minute, Write another number. Stop for a minute. Did you did you have a lot of feelings and emotions going on? Oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. Yeah, like I mean, you know, first off, you don't want to take a horse away from how he's racing. You know, like he's he's doing well in Ontario, and you know, my plan was to stay to the Sire Stakes this year and then hit something towards the middle of the year. Uh, we kept him eligible for the Jenna's. We kept him eligible for uh, the Matron. Uh, I think it was the progress that actually paid the supplement at the beginning of the year. There was a supplement to keep him eligible for that, and I kept him eligible for that. And I started thinking, you know, if he races all right, maybe, who knows, I'll give him a shot at the Breeders' Crown, he, he, you know, those type of things. And then when this all started to unfold and I watched the way he raced uh, against older horses, and then even in the Gold Cup, it was a race that I didn't even think we probably should have been in, uh, at the time, and then I watched him race, and he got into a little bit of traffic trouble coming down the lane, and he still paced right through the wire. And I asked Louie after the race, I said, how was he? He said he was really, really good. Like, he was pacing right through to the wire. So um, I started thinking about it, but still, 60 grand. Like, I asked Jason. I sent Jason a message. It was around Father's Day. So you can tell it was already on my mind. And I said, how much is this going to cost me if I got to do this? And he told me it was the two percent, and he laid it out, and I started staring at it, and I was like, "Wow, sixty grand! Like I have no partners on this horse. I don't care how much money you have. When you got to spend eighty thousand Canadians to put a horse into an elimination race, you don't know how many are going to draw. There could have been there was thirty three eligible still. There could be thirty. There could be three divisions of ten. Uh, you might get the ten hole. It's crazy. Like you start thinking, I could be out even before I'm in." And, and you, you, you're, you're scared, you know what I mean? Like, it, it wasn't easy. I'll tell you right now. It was literally a last-minute decision. It happened Sunday night. Um, I was in uh, New York. We were in a Mexican uh, a restaurant, a little taco place it's, uh, by the W. And I was really quiet because I was thinking and thinking and thinking. I knew I was going to call Richard and tell him, you know, I think we're going to do this. And, um, and then I actually got a message from Scott Robinson uh, lost in time and he his text message just said give me a call as soon as you can and I called him and he said to me um, are you thinking about going into the Meadowlands pace and I said actually I'm, 
I'm sitting here talking about, I don't even know what to do. And he said, maybe I can make your decision a little bit easier. And he told me what happened to the horse. This was around yeah. Yeah. eight o'clock. Yeah. It was around eight o'clock at nighttime on Sunday. And I, like, I, first off, I, you know, I know Scotty for a long time and, and I, I said to him, sorry, like here, like how's the horse going to, you know, how's he going to be like, is, you know, what's happening with them. And he told me, and then after I got off the phone with them, I just, I was like, you know what, it, like, it didn't matter, but at that point, I was like, whatever, let's give it a shot. Now, Adriano, one thing about it is you and Blake both draw into the same race. So, uh, obviously, there's going to be some nerves on both of your ends. But what goes into, you know, making a decision like this? Obviously, the Mohawk Gold Cup, I thought, was phenomenal. In fact, I thought your horse was so good, I used him in my pick four ticket uh, that night. Uh, coming out of a race like that against older horses like McWicked and Sintra, um, obviously, that had to play into your decision a little bit about the Meadowland Pace. Right, like so. So even the week before, he raced against older horses, and I didn't think he was. We were gonna go into a race with older horses. Those were some preferred horses dropping down a little bit, and and I, I didn't really think we were gonna race again. But Richard wants to keep him sharp. Like if you watch this horse training, he doesn't really train. Like he's just out there on the trot the whole entire time. He's he's he just plays around. He's out on the track and he's like just you know throwing his head, just you know, just it's kind of like he's joking around out there. And, um, and, and so I thought, you know what, I don't know if he's going to enter him. We're just going to get him, you know, maybe get a race into him before the next OSS. But Richard actually put him in against older horses and he raced great and he win. And, you know, I wasn't even there. I was in Niagara and he won. And I was like, huh, you know, and then the following week I see he's entered in for the gold cup. And I was like, Oh boy. And, uh, and you know, it's, you know, it's, pretty gutsy to do that against those horses like I mean Central was on his game that day and Mick Wicked you know he had a little bit of a you know a tougher trip but you know Jimmy held his own like he beat some nice horses and he was coming on uh you know at the end there and I was I was really happy that's a, that's probably the happiest you're ever going to see me get in the third you know what I mean like uh I, I'm usually I like to win you know that's that's what I'm in the game for for win you know to win races but uh I was really really happy with the with the way he raced there. And at that point, I started thinking, um, how do we have mistakes and what can we do to, you know, get him in as much as we can and have him race against the best of the three-year-olds? Adriano, one other thing about uh, Jimmy Freight that I'm interested to hear about, uh, tell us kind of where this horse came from. We always see the corn emoji after everybody's uh, statuses about Jimmy Freight. Uh, tell us a little bit about him and uh, how you guys kind of came about getting him. Right. So um, so I still keep in touch with a lot of those people from, from Iowa, and they're big fans of Jimmy and stuff. And the breeders did a great job with them. It's the Eden family, uh, Alan Eden and his family and and actually jimmy's got a full brother uh um you know uh, all american summers uh, in full so jimmy's gonna have a full brother uh soon enough and um you know i got the horse from iowa so basically to make the long story short um i had a deal in place to buy a horse um out here in canada which ended up in the states by the name of uh i think it was quick talking or, or something like that he ended up winning a one of those races at Yonkers, I can't remember what it was, um, the Shepherd or something like that. And I had a deal in place. Uh, Mark Reynolds, the agent, put me in, uh, in touch with them, and um, we were supposed to buy this horse. And the deal kind of fell through. They wanted to stay in. I said, okay, you guys can stay in. And then they changed their mind again. And 
and basically that deal uh, fell through. And uh, I was a little bit upset because I worked real hard to try to buy that horse. And uh, and then Mark called me a couple days later. Mark Reynolds called me a couple days later, and he said, "Adri, and I like Mark. He says, Adri, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but there's this horse in Iowa named Jimmy Freight. And he goes, you got, I know you're going to look him up. There's probably no videos on him. You're going to look him up, and you're going to think I'm crazy, but he's a real nice-looking horse. And I looked him up, and the first thing I said is, Mark, this horse won in 216. Are you kidding me right now? How can I buy this horse? Where is he going to race? And, and it, we kind of laughed about it, and we're laughing about it now. Um, and we kind of laughed about it, and I said, you know, I said, let me think about it. And I actually waited about a day or two, and then uh, I said to him, I said, all right. I said, you know what? What do you think it's going to cost? And, you know, he threw out a number, and I said, all right, let's try to get the deal done. And um, he – we, we tried to get this deal done. We just couldn't get a hold of them, you know, uh, the, uh, the Carries, the Mathers, uh, Rick Huffman. We actually had to send someone. It was Alan Eden, I think, that he, that the breeder, went to the racetrack that night to tell them that we've been trying to get a hold of them to try to buy this horse. That's, that's how that all went down. And then at the time, it was in Tony Alanya's barn. And Tony knew one of the owners. I think it was Larry Mather. And I think Tony ended up putting in a call and saying, hey, you know, my owner, this guy, he wants to buy this horse. And eventually the deal got done, and the horse uh, was put on a trailer, you know, uh, was sent out to New Jersey. He stayed there for a couple of days, trained down, got back on a trailer, made his way back up. So he was on a like, 21-hour trip in two days. And he gets here to Ontario, and then two days later he wins uh, an OSS Gold. And he did really well last year. He raced only in the Golds. Um, he made 180000 as you guys can see, like Canadian, and he had missed the first goal. So he did really well for a horse that wasn't staked to anything. So, you know, that's what uh, that's basically that story. From the uh, cornfields of Iowa to uh, perhaps looking <laughs> down the barrel of the Meadowlands space. How about that? Uh, yeah. Well, Adrian Wilson, yeah. we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Best of luck to you come, uh, come Meadowlands space. Of course, you got the eliminations coming up this Saturday, and hopefully if you get through that, it's on to the finals. It sounds good, guys. Thank you again for having me on. All right. That was Adriano Sorella. And uh, how about that story, Mike? A great, great story. And I think that's what makes that this whole thing is what makes harness racing fantastic, Mike. You have a horse from the cornfields of Ohio. The next thing you know, you've got uh, a guy that's uh, an owner that's very passionate about the sport of harness racing and Adriano Sorella. And he plunks down 60,000 plus to, uh, to try to, try to uh, accomplish a dream. Yeah, you know what? One thing about it is he said, Jimmy's earned this. He's earned a shot to take a chance and, uh, you know, try to compete against some of the top three-year-old pacers. And uh, from the sounds of things, uh, Scott Robinson made his choice uh, a little bit easier. But uh, obviously, uh, all the best out to Lost in Time, who is uh, done for the season. But it'll be really cool. It would be really cool to see Jimmy Freight or Courtly Choice take down the big prize. Um, Dave Miller uh, is actually going to be the one driving Courtly Choice. And uh, Louis Philibois picked up the drive on me so fast, uh, Mike. So it's It'll be an interesting couple of days for uh, for those guys. No question about it, Ed. We're going to talk to the other supplementer, if you will, coming up next on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. It's Blake McIntosh plus uh, Mike Way. Let's see who else. Carl Becker, Darren Gagne is running Aces segment, and so much more left to come on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. 
Mike Bozich here along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. 12 championship races. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick got a coast home champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018 coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail. Modern legend there. Foiled again. Dead game. Clear vision laid on the outside. Pit Rock on the inside. Photo finish. Foiled again. And Pit Rock together. Standardbred Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey is proud to present the National Standardbred Horse Show. Coming up on August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. It's fun for the whole family. The fun starts on Friday, August 10th at 6.30 with games and fun divisions featuring the Sam McKee Memorial Barrel Race. Then on Saturday, August 11th, it's Western In-Hand Showmanship, Driving, Roadster, and Gated Divisions. And on Sunday, August 12th, Dressage, English Equitation, Jumping, Hunters Fresh Off the Track, Warhorse, and the Pacing for the Cure 2-Gated Pleasure Class. This year's show is in memory of the late, great Sam McKee. For more information, visit us at sphonj.org. That's sphonj.org. It's the National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. Be there! this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich and Mike, I tell you what, a horse by the name of Courtly Choice has really stormed onto the scene of the New York Sire Stakes, but boy did he look good in the Max Hemp Constellation on Saturday night at uh, the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Yeah, certainly no question about it, and I will venture to say that that uh, race and that effort had a lot to do with Blake McIntosh and the gang plunking down $62,000 to uh, send him on his way to the Meadowlands pace, but Michael, I guess we'll find out right now. Let's bring in Courtly Choice trainer Blake McIntosh, and Blake, we just had your next-door neighbor in the eliminations, Adriano Sorellon, for just uh, a few minutes, and he was talking about Jimmy Freight, and, and I guess you guys have a lot in common, don't you? Blake, you with us? Ah, Blake must have uh, dropped out. I think. Uh, I think. I think my question scared him, Mike. <laughs> Maybe it did. That's. Uh, let's, so we'll uh, try to. Get I'll tell you what. Let's let's try to get him back on the line. As a matter of fact, let's take a a real quick commercial timeout. We'll come back. We'll get Blake back on the phone. You've got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. 
Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's Winback farm.com Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's It's that easy. easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, hits the road in 2018 by coming to your city starting on Saturday, May 26th, for the Camelot Classic at Western Fair Raceway. On Saturday, June 16th, we invade Mohawk Racetrack for the very first time as we broadcast the Pepsi North America Cup. On Sunday, July 8th, is the New Vocations Telethon at Jackson Fairgrounds in Jackson, Michigan. Saturday, July 14th is our first trip of the year to Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment as we head to the Meadowlands page. On Saturday, August 4th, we return for the Hamiltonian Stakes. We return to Hoosier Park Racing and Casino on Friday, August 10th for the Dan Patch Stakes and back again on Friday, September 21st for the Hoosier Pacing Derby. For more information, visit posttimewithmikeandmike.com. with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. We're uh, going to talk to Blake McIntosh in about 10 or 15 minutes. He had some technical difficulties with his phone, uh, pretty much a bad sell area. So we're going to get back with uh, Blake in a few minutes. But uh, right now, Mike, we have got uh, 
somebody that I'm just so excited to have on this program, Mike, and he got his just due on Sunday, getting inducted into the Harness Racing Hall of Fame. But, of course, we're talking about legendary track announcer Kurt Becker. Yeah, we, uh, we're going to have a chance to sit down and talk to Carl Becker here in just a moment. Uh, Carl, and, uh, what, uh, what, uh, <laughs> I said Kurt. You did say Kurt. I was going to say, wait a minute, you threw Kurt. me off there for a second. We, well, but, yeah, uh, listen, we've had Kurt on this show a couple of times, and uh, it, it's, a th- it's a thrill to have Carl on, on this program coming up here in a few minutes. <laughs> It was cool to hear uh, hear him inducted hear him inducted and get to hear some of the stories and uh, we're gonna bring Carl in now uh, Carl uh, you survived the heat of Goshen New York and uh, you got to give a very nice speech and uh, congratulations obviously are in order but uh, talk to us a little bit about your feelings from Saturday or Sunday rather well thank you thank you Mike and uh, speaking of the heat I get back to Illinois and I find it's worse here so uh, two more days of the heat and then we get into cooler weather. I was really uh, just overwhelmed by all of the activities at Goshen and feel so excited to be part of that group that makes up the Hall of Fame. Kurt and I toured the facility first time ever, came away deeply impressed. And, of course, Kurt is a traditionalist and historian, and he loved all of the history. He was especially blown away by the Reynolds, W.N. Reynolds Company trunk, which you might have seen that Delvin Miller had in his stable that at the bottom it says I'd walk a mile for a camel and Kurt would walk two miles to get a chance to bid on that trunk of course that's not going to happen it's where it should be but but we just uh, really 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 enjoyed the weekend yeah and that's uh, a fantastic uh, do certainly no question about it Mike Bozich here and Carl tell us a little bit about uh, your career I mean we heard some of the stories when you were talking about, uh, you know, at the, at the Hall of Fame on Sunday, talking about some of the uh, older days and, and when you got started in the business. But uh, tell us here on this program, how did you get started in the industry and what are some of the things that made you want to get into announcing? Well, I always enjoyed the races. Even when I was a kid, my folks made sure I got to the races each week when I was seven, eight years old, and I loved to watch those horses. And it kind of progressed from there. I was involved in 4-H here in Effingham County, Illinois. And after that, went to the U of I, uh, maintained that interest in harness racing, came back and uh, bought my first horse after I was out of college, actually. Then from there, we, a group of people here, and I developed Fairmeadow Farm. And from that beginning came some of the greats in the sport today. Uh, By that, I mean people at Worked at the farm, who at the time were young, were kids, were beginners. For example, here at Fairmeadow Farm, we had Tony Alanya here with his parents early in its inception. We had the uh, Millers from Arthur, Illinois. Turns out that was Andy, who now has 9,000 wins, and Urban, who has $80 million won as a trainer. Their father ran the farm for us here at Altamont for for, uh, several years. I ran into... uh, to uh, the Tetrix, quite often they didn't work at the farm, but certainly were available at the fairs that I called. And little Timmy Tetrix, back when he was 10 years old, organized those pony rides, like I mentioned the other night, involving his brother Trace and involving some of the Finn kids from Newton. And from there it developed into, well, probably the world's best-known driver right now, Tim Tetrix, his brother Trace right on his heels, is, uh, I think, maybe third in total earnings of the year. Uh, Jared Finn, who was part of that group of kids 
holds the track mark at the Red Mile with uh, Rockin' Good, a mare that won in 48 for him there. So it all developed from there. And, of course, Tony Lanya, as we mentioned earlier, I think is a leading buyer of yearlings each year at the sales and has won a good number of the classics in the sport. So all of that came from right here in south-central Illinois, and a number of them were connected with the farm we own. So it's been quite a thrill to watch those things happen. Carl, obviously you've called a lot of races at a lot of different racetracks, including the Red Mile, then races out of Duke Coin. What was it like calling, kind of growing up and learning to call races in that era? And obviously it's different from the way uh, races are called today. Well, yeah, I always thought, you know, you're talking about two minutes or less, and, and you need to put some enthusiasm and excitement into it, which I naturally had because it really turns me on to watch those horses, especially when they turn for home. And, you know, you see things happen in the stretch drive, and you see those horses with their nostrils flared and the drivers trying to get all they can out of the horse without being abusive, and it's just it's just a thrill. And uh, I was very fortunate in the fact that I began doing the state fair here at Springfield, the Illinois State Fair, added the Indiana State Fair, the DuCoin State Fair, so those came back to back. There were three weeks involving Illinois, Indiana, and DuCoin. Then a couple of weeks later was the Red Mile. So by the time they get to the Red Mile, those Colts were in tip-top shape, and they reeled out some tremendous miles. I know in days gone by when the Albatross Phillies were racing, which dates me. Uh, it'd just be a matter of which Albatross Philly was going to set the world mark from week to week, beginning at Springfield. And of course, along with those great horses at those great tracks came the great drivers and trainers. And uh, I know as a kid, I would get quite a thrill of it going around the north side of the fairgrounds of Springfield and seeing all of those canopies, you know, Castleland Farm, Walnut Hall Farm, uh, Joe O'Brien, Inc., Shafter, California, and so on and so on. So to be involved, I was kind of uh, wide-eyed most of the time and was very fortunate to to live in that time period and be able to call those races in that time period. Carl, you, like Mike said, you called a lot of great races. Is there one in particular that sticks out in your memory, one of your favorites? Well, a couple. Uh, the Hamiltonian win by the Hottons with Burgermeister, and you know the story, he was not supposed to win. <laughs> His stable mate final score was a favorite. But the Peter Houghton death in uh, uh, January, I believe it was, of that year, really had driven Billy, and he was bound to win the Hamiltonian in memory of Peter, who owned the horse. And it was a storybook day at DuCoin, one of those warm DuCoin afternoons, packed house, full full crowd, 20-some thousand people. And uh, only darn if it didn't work out. Billy Houghton won the Hamiltonian with Peter's horse, and people in the stands were pouring onto the track, trying to be part of it, wanting to be part of it. Just a moment that's hard to forget. In fact, I won't forget it. And uh, um, the emotion in the winter's circle that day was overwhelming. Judges yeah, I would imagine there probably wasn't too many dry eyes in the place after that uh, win, was there? None that were noticeable. And the, when the Nitros time trial was similar as far as emotion. Uh, I appreciate the fact that people want to be on the track with the horse, touching, be part of it. Clint Galbraith made sure that that happened for as many people as, as could that day at Lexington. 
And one other race, the time of the dead heat, rather, between Jaguar Spur and Log with uh, Dick Farrington. That was as gutty a performance. I mean, they were never over neck apart from a three-quarter home. And until the final stride, you just had no idea who was going to get up to win. So it was, a, and neither did they both. They both won. So those are the probably the three standout races that I recall. Fantastic, and of course, uh, your son Kurt uh, has paved his own announcing trail. The only uh, track announcer at Keeneland, and of course, he's gone on to do uh, the the race cars, NASCAR, just a whole bunch of things. You have to be very, very proud of Kurt. Extremely, yeah, he's taken it to a new level, and and uh, you know the thoroughbred uh, situation is a tough one to break into if you're not if you're not involved. Uh, from a family standpoint, Kurt was not. He did it on his own, and he had told us one time, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna work the thoroughbred world." And I thought, "Yeah, right." <laughs> and lo and behold, not only worked it, but he worked it quite well. He also reached pedigrees there at Keeneland, so he has one of the nice jobs in in all of racing. Yeah, no question. A lot of people helped, have helped him a lot too. Mm-hmm. All right, Carl. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and congratulations from all of us here at Post Time with Mike and Mike. Uh, it's definitely deserved, and uh, hopefully we'll be seeing you on the road soon. I appreciate Mike and Mike, and, and thank you for putting on a great show and keeping as many people aware of our great sport as you can. It's, it's appreciated. Thanks, Carl. We appreciate it, man. All righty. That- that was Carl Becker, the famed and long historied uh, track announcer from DuCoin and uh, the Red Mile. And he's called some great races over the past few years and a uh, few years, I say few years, probably the past uh, probably 20 or 30 years, uh, so to speak. We're going to take a quick time out. We're trying to get Blake McIntosh back on the line. Uh, we're going to talk some more Meadowlands pace action. And uh, we just received some information about their super high five that we'll bring up here in just a little bit as well. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. Visit pacingforthecure.org. Back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich and Blake McIntosh, the trainer of Courtly Choice, joins us now. And Blake, uh, let's kind of talk about your uh, star three-year-old uh, boy. Did he put on a show in the Hemp Constellation at Pocono last week? 
Yeah, he uh, came around. You know, he's been racing good all year. Just uh, the week before, he got too far back. He raced back half and 52 and changed and just couldn't make up enough ground Like when they hit that 56. So we were very pleased with him last week. Like Mike Bozich here, uh, we just had Adriano Sorrell on at the beginning of the show, and he's your next-door neighbor in uh, one of the uh, eliminations for the Meadowlands pace. He drew post three. You drew post two. Of course, what you guys have in common is you plunked down the 60,000-plus to supplement into the Meadowlands pace. Tell us about what went into that decision. And uh, you made a very interesting comment on Facebook about, I just feel like I went all in on the World Series of Poker. <laughs> so. Talk a little bit about that and what the, what uh, went into the decision. Well, on uh, Monday morning, I was talking to Jess, uh, my assistant trainer down in New York, and uh, I asked her how Corley was. She said he was feeling good and everything. And one of the owners texted me and asked me how uh, everything was. I said, good. I said, it's too bad that uh, it's so much to supplement. He said, well, that's supplement. And I said, well, I'll talk to the other partners. And I called Mr. Thompson, and Mr. Thompson was game. And I called Joe Intan, and he was game. And then... Uh, I called Steve, and Steve and I uh, decided on our quarter that we would we were game, and you know it just sort of went from there. And uh, you know we didn't have any plans of doing it until we saw both uh, both those two horses were out, uh, lather up, and um, lost in time. You know, and you know Jimmy Freight's is a good horse, but uh, we thought we might as well throw our hat in the ring too. Now, Blake, talk to us a little bit about his change from two to three. Obviously, as a two-year-old, um, you know, he put in some good efforts, but he had a tough go of things there for a little while uh, as a two-year-old. He seems like he's really matured into uh, his own form coming into his three-year-old season. Yeah, as I said before, he's uh, he's really matured a lot. He was really immature as a two-year-old. He, you know, he always always thinks about was breeding and. You know, he, he's, you know, stopped thinking about that now and, and just going forward. And uh, he wants to be a, a racehorse now. And, you know, he, all he thinks about is racing. And uh, so, he, you know, he, as soon as you put him on the track now, like he hasn't had a bad race all year. You know, like the other, the only two times he hasn't won, one time he hooked the wheel and the other time we were just too far back. He just matured into a nice racehorse. Blake, let's talk about the race. Uh, obviously, you have to get through the eliminations uh, to get to the finals. Top five advance in each division. You're in with a field of eight. Obviously, we talked about you're right next door to Jimmy Freight. Obviously, some other good ones in there. American history turned a lot of ends with his performance last time. Tony Alani has got five entered total, three in this particular division with American history. Babes dig me and odds on Lauderdale. How do you like? How, how do you see the race shaping up? And uh, what kind of trip would you like to have to get uh, get yourself into the finals? Well, I'd like to sit behind Jamie Freight and have him tell me the whole way and we pop out and win. But, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen? You know, that's up to Dave. You know, Dave's world-class driver and he can make the trip and decide what he's going to do. But uh, in a perfect world, we follow Jimmy and we pop out and beat him down the lane. But, uh, you know, sometimes things don't go your way. So who knows what's going to happen? All right, Blake. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Once again, you were just on the show a couple of weeks ago talking about courtly choice, and here you are back. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll have you on in a couple more weeks talking about a Meadowlands Pace Trophy. Oh, thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. All right, that was Blake McIntosh. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what, a couple of good stories there with Courtly Choice and, and Jimmy Freight. And uh, it's just amazing that they end up drawing two and three right next door to each other in uh, one of the eliminations. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a wild race. You said American history is in that race, too. He could really make things interesting. Certainly.
No question about it. He's got that 147. That was uh, certainly an eye-opening performance. And Tony Alanya's got five uh, entrants total. And uh, we'll see how many he can get into the finals. But it's very interesting. You know, I think, uh, you know, you still have to race the eliminations, Mike. You know, that's the thing. You still have to, you know, finish in the top five. And, uh, you know, maybe you look on paper and you'd be like, oh, that's no problem. But I'll tell you what, you get on that racetrack and it's a little bit of a different story. Yeah, definitely. You never know until you hit the racetrack what it's going to be like. And some of these horses have never been over the Meadowlands racing surface. Um, You know, weather is going to play a big part into it as well, Mike. Um, You know, if it rains or, you know, if the track is off by any sense, it could really change the complexity of the entire race. Yep. And of course, we'll be talking about more and more about that coming up. Plus, we're going to uh, have Darren Gagne's running Aces segment that's coming up towards the bottom of the hour. But uh, Mike Way is going to be joining us here in just a couple of minutes. And Mike, uh, you're going to have an opportunity. We're going to be live at uh, Jackson Raceway on Sunday. And this is it for Jackson. I mean, this is the, the curtains coming down. The last set of races uh, will occur over that half mile oval. And I got to tell you, it's, uh, I mean, certainly for me being in Michigan for a long time and working in that industry in the state of Michigan, it's, uh, you know, it's certainly a bittersweet moment for me, but on the other side of the token, I am extremely proud that they're able to put on one final performance. Yeah, for sure. It'll be nice to kind of see how those races uh, kind of pan out and uh, hats off to Mike Way and the guy, or excuse me, and the gang uh, for putting on this great show. Um, This is one of those things that you know, it's going to be a sad day, but it's going to be a intri- or a fun day for us, Mike, because I'm going to get to sit back and kind of listen to some of these stories, uh, talk to some of the older horsemen who have been there forever, and they've got 12 races on tap on uh, Sunday, and I'll tell you what, there's some pretty good fields uh, that they got for um, for the races on Sunday, so it'll be really interesting to kind of see how that all goes, and you know, kind of talk with some of the people there. And also we're supporting a good cause. Um, people can support uh, New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. It's kind of our telethon uh, for New Vocations as uh, we'll be working to support them and raise a little bit of money. Yeah, no question about it. So that's going to be interesting uh, as well. So hats off to all the people that put this thing together at Jackson Raceway. We're going to talk to one of those uh, participants, Mike Way, and he's coming up on the backside of this commercial break. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented I bet America. The Standard Bread Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey is proud to present the National Standard Bread Horse Show. Coming up on August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. It's fun for the whole family. The fun starts on Friday, August 10th at 6.30 with games and fun divisions featuring the Sam McKee Memorial Barrel Race. Then on Saturday, August 11th, it's Western In-Hand Showmanship, Driving, Roadster, and Gated Divisions. And on Sunday, August 12th, Dressage, English Equitation, Jumping, Hunters Fresh Off the Track, War Horse, and the Pacing for the Cure 2 Gated Pleasure Class. This year's show is in memory of the late, great Sam McKee. For more information, visit us at sphonj.org. That's sphonj.org. It's the National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. Be there! 
Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, we hit the road again this weekend as we head to Jackson Raceway in Michigan as they uh, bring down the curtain on what has been a storied uh, racing uh, career at the racetrack. And one of the men instrumental in doing that and bringing racing back to Jackson one final time is our next guest, Mike Way. Mike, we certainly appreciate you joining us. How are you? Hey, I'm great, Mike. Things are sunny here in Jackson, Michigan, and they say they're going to be sunny in 80 Sunday for our Remembering Jackson Harness event, and we appreciate you having us on and everything you've done for us up to this point. Mike, tell us a little bit about how this came together. I mean, obviously there was some talk uh, even last year that uh, there, that Harness Racing might even uh go back to Jackson. I mean, with the, you know, with the, uh, the whole thing going around with Hazel park and in Northville and just a lot of uncertainty in the harness racing until Northville kind of stepped up and, and uh, put it a little bit on stable ground anyway, but tell us about how this whole thing came about with Jackson. Well, Jackson County, who obviously owns the fairgrounds has completed a master plan for the, all the fairgrounds and, Part of that master plan is to bulldoze the, the racetrack. There's such a passion in Jackson, Michigan, and uh, the areas surrounding Jackson for harness raceway, harness racing that, you know, everyone said, oh, we can't do it. We need to have one last race, and we'd love to have racing back. And so, you know, one thing led to another, and we just said, you know, let's, let's race one more time at Jackson. Let's celebrate 60 years and five months of harness racing in Jackson and just just have one great big reunion. And that's really what it's turned into is a reunion. Now, Mike, talk about what went into getting the track ready for racing. Obviously uh, some work had to be done to get, uh, get the track in racing shape, but it looks like you guys have, uh, have sealed the deal, so to speak on the racetrack and uh, it's looked really good. Yeah. uh, Well, the racetrack has always been there, but, the last three, four years at the Jackson County Fair, they've had the monster trucks and, you know, the demolition derby. So so the front stretch has really got tore up. They took out the limestone and put in clay. The rest of the track was really in pretty good shape. They, uh, the Slave and Rappington family took good care of it. They put, I believe it was five inches of limestone. And so that was really good. We, we did have a lot of grass growing in there, but we had some great sponsors and Dunnigan Brothers here in town and Bailey Excavating. And uh, Kim Pluto, one of our local drivers and horsemen, has really stepped up, too. And it's really been a community event to get the track in shape. Actually, uh, Kim had one of his trotters down here Friday doing a photo op for one of the local TV stations. And, and he 
Visiting with Mike Way. Mike, of course, uh, one of, uh, sounds like many people uh, that were instrumental in putting together uh, this uh, last hurrah for Jackson Raceway coming up on Sunday. Now, what are the fans uh, to expect, Mike? Uh, obviously, we're going to have a lot of people uh, that are from the Jackson area and, and certainly from beyond that are going to come and check this out. Uh, for the fan that's walking in the door, what uh, what awaits them? Well, our, our number one goal was to try to recreate Jackson Harness Raceway for one day. And we've, we've done a pretty good job. We've uh, had a, the communities really came together. We've had a lot of corporate sponsors, both for money for the horsemen and for all of the creation. We've had uh, one of our local bands, Randy Rosat, he used to play all the Polish-American nights on Friday night. And it was also Dollar Night, and he's agreed to come back and play. And, and plus, we're going to bring back Dollar Beer and Dollar Hot Dogs. Uh, we've going to have the, the popcorn where it used to be. We've got some hats and shirts, and the, the horsemen have been great. Uh, Claudia Davison, I've got to take my hat off to her. She has really recreated the racing part. Actually, Claudia was a leading trainer a couple of the meets, but she's she's done a phenomenal job uh, bringing the races back, back together. I've known, never owned a horse uh I've been a fan of the industry for 40, about 40 years, but you know, knew nothing about the backside. And that's where really Claudia has really stepped up and handled it. And uh, it, it's a funny story. She, about the second meeting we had about eight months ago, she uh, wanted to meet with me before the meeting started. And she says, Mike, I think we need to cancel this. Uh, we'll be lucky to get 30 horses here. And, you know, there's fairs before and after this event. It just, don't think it's going to happen. I said, well, let's, let's give it another month, Claudia. And it just it just took off like wildfire. We created a page remembering Jackson Harness and people that we had uh, one uh, female from Florida who called me and she said, my husband raced horses at Jackson in 1955. We're going to come up and have a family reunion. So we know there's at least two families coming from Florida. Just for this event, we got people from all over Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois. Uh, maybe some people from New York we're hearing. Uh, but it's, it's the community's really stepped up. The horsemen have really stepped up, and it's going to be a fun day. And we're we're glad to see you coming too. That's uh, certainly going to be a fantastic day, and I'll tell you what, I certainly remember Jackson Raceway well. Didn't have a chance to go that often because, of course, uh, you know, I was at Hazel Park, and a lot of times Jackson would race the same days as Hazel Park, and uh, honestly, there were a couple of days where live Jackson would actually outhandle Hazel Park, and that was unheard of because, I mean, Hazel Park was always the the big racetrack in Michigan. And, uh, you know, there were some days where Jackson just, I mean, in, in they, they really, they didn't send out their signal. So it was all live, but there were some days, more days than not, where the crowd was just always overflow at Jackson raceway, Mike. Yeah, one thing I'm, I'm hearing in this eight month process, Mike, is I'm hearing tons of stories. I think we'll, we'll hear them on Sunday too, but the, the thing is, I keep hearing over and over from the fans, from the employees, and from the horsemen is how friendly a place it was, how welcoming the place was, and how, I mean, there was someone on our, I believe it was a horseman, on our Facebook page said, 
you know, the great thing is we could bring our kids down there and just let them go and, you know, not worry about their safety. And But, you know, over and over, I, you know, we keep hearing it. Uh, it's so friendly. It's so, you know, welcoming. And, you know, that, that's one thing that we're trying to do on Sunday. But, you know, you really have to take your hat off to the Slavin family and the Rackinson family. And, you know, they, they had it for 56 of the 60 years and just really – is an outstanding track in in the state of Michigan, in uh, in the Midwest, and you know, seeing all the people proving that point uh, right now. No question about it. Well, Mike, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend, and uh, we will see you come Sunday for the last Tehran Jackson Raceway. Great, thank you for having us on, Mike, and look forward to seeing you on Sunday. All right, that was Mike Way, one of uh, many that were instrumental in putting together this final car coming up on Sunday at Jackson Raceway. And we will be there live broadcasting uh, as from uh, for post time with MikeAndMike.com. So make sure you uh, certainly stay tuned to our social media as well as our website for more information. When we come back, it's Darren Gandhi's Running Aces segment on Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the upper Midwest. Located just 20 minutes north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota with seasonal live harness racing from May through September. Running Aces is the home of the $50,000 Dan Patch free-for-all pace and the $300,000 Minnesota Night of Champions. With live harness racing action three nights a week, every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night. And our signal is available on ADWs and at racebooks and simulcast facilities near you. Visit our website, runaces.com, for more information. Again, that's runaces.com. Hey, it's Darren Gagne here at beautiful Running Aces Casino and Racetrack in Minnesota, and we had some fantastic racing action over the past week up here at Running Aces. It all started back on Saturday night, June 30th, the $11,000 Open Handicap Trotting Event. What a thrilling contest. That race resulting in the fastest trotting mile ever here at Running Aces in our 10-year-plus history as Pride Crest with Steve Wiseman in the sulky getting up at the wire to win by a nose over Banker Volo in a time of 153 and 4 fifths will silver load back in third position. And uh, the previous track record was held by Banker Volo, 154 and 2 from last season. Pride Crest once again breaking that uh, record on Saturday night with that 153 and 4 mile by a nose over Banker Volo. Pride Crest owned by Christopher Schick of California, 
Garcia, trained by Kathy Plested, driven by Steve Wiseman once again in that track record mile on Saturday night. Also on that Saturday program, Dream Chasing, three-race winning streak for that three-year-old Minnesota sired pacer. He took the $10,200 three-year-old Minnesota Class A, the lifetime best mile, 153-3 and three with Nick Rowland in the sulky for owners Michelle and Greg Budak. Dream Chasen paid $4.20 and dominated that affair from gate to wire. Also on Saturday night, the $6,800 Class B division of the Minnesota Sired three-year-old Pacers went to Free Will Dakota Sven. First win of the season for that one, owned by Brian and Kim Larson, driven victory by Brady Jensen in 154 and 15th, a lifetime mark. That Saturday program was dominated by driver Steve Wiseman. He picked up half the wins on the card. He won half of the races on Saturday night with a grand slam on the program, and he completed a sweep of the late pick three. On Sunday night, the $13,000 open handicap pace for horses and geldings. Deeply talented field of eight squaring off behind the gate. Last week's winner, Fire Drake with Nick Rowland looking to defend and make it two wins in a row. But this night's contest would be dominated by Stevensville. Stevensville fast off the gate, took command, and was able to hold everybody at bay in a big mile in 152-2. and two. Trainer driver Rick McGee in a sulky, and Fire Drake did shake free late in the home stretch came flying late for a good solid second place finish but stevensville taking top honors on sunday night in the open pace for horses and geldings 152 and 2 owned by jana lee rucker once again trained and driven by rick mcgee also on that sunday program we hosted the three-year-old minnesota sired trotters ten thousand two hundred dollar class a division going to bring over the money with rick mcgee driving for trainer brian deachin 157 and 2 huge mile winner by six and three-quarter lengths uh trained by brian Deachin for owner Jasmine Horvat. Bring over the money has been the dominant three-year-old trotter here in Minnesota so far in 2018. The $6,800 Class B division went to SB Fine and Dandy. Driver James J.D. Yoder in 159 flat, a new lifetime mark. SB Fine and Dandy owned by Susan Holm Johansson and Deborah Hofsays, trained by Ulf Holm Johansson. And also on the Sunday program, the classy 10-year-old trotting stallion Tamarind was driven to victory by Jerry Longo for his first win of the season in three starts in a $5,600 condition trotting event. He stopped the timer at 156-3 to record his 62nd lifetime victory and push his career earnings to $935,344. Tamarind paid $2.40 as the big favorite in the race. He's owned by Set the Pace Racing and trained currently by Jenny King. Drivers Dean McGee and J.D. Yoder both picking up a hat trick on the Sunday program with three wins each. Then on Tuesday night, July the 3rd, on the Tuesday program, $11,000 Mayor's Open Handicap Pace was no exception of being a very thrilling and highly competitive contest. Talented field of six going to battle for the weekly top honors. The talk of the tote board on Tuesday night was what it do, Baby Boo. Uh, she was sent off as the 3-2 favorite after an impressive season's debut last week, finishing third at this top level. Second choice at 2-1 to one was Kiss on the Lifts, who's already picked up a couple of wins on this meet this season. Nick Rowland driving her. But Delightfully Wild with Mooney Swenson would be the one who dominated on Tuesday night. Delightfully Wild with the Moondog driving. Sent off at 5-2, to two, fast off the gate, battling with Kiss on the Lifts uh, for the lead early. And then fending off a first-over bid from Abby Jade Hanover with Rick McGee when the dust cleared it would be delightfully wild taking him all the way around the track in a sparkling effort in 152 flat on Tuesday night. 
Delightfully Wild was the winner. She's owned by Richard Morita, David Yamada, trained by Jesse Pacheco. And once again, Delightfully Wild, driven a victory by Mooney Swenson. Also on the Tuesday program, a top claiming a pacing event, $12,000 to $15,000 claiming handicap pace, going for $12,500 purse, went to hard cold cash once again for three wins at this level. Dean McGee driving for Denise Mayer, the trainer, Antonia Storr, the owner from Lebanon, Ohio. And again, hard cold cash, three wins in a row, 152-2 on a Tuesday evening. Coming up this weekend at Running Aces, our racing action this weekend will be highlighted by the Dan Patch Free-for-All Eliminations. They'll be held on this Sunday's program, July the 8th. We had a total of 17 nominations to the 2018 Dan Patch Free-for-All at Running Aces, which offers a total purse of $95,000, including elimination races. Again, those eliminations coming up this weekend, Sunday, July the 8th. Two divisions going for $15,000 each. Top five horses in each division will complete the field for the 10 horses going forward to the $15,000 Dan Patch Preview. That will be on Sunday, July 15th. And the $50,000 Dan Patch Free-for-All Final on Sunday, July 22nd. Live racing at Running Aces, of course, continues on Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday nights. First race on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central. Saturday and Sunday's first race is at 6 p.m. For more information about Running Aces, visit our website, runaces.com. We have free program downloads for every live racing night. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the upper Midwest. Located just 20 minutes north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota with seasonal live harness racing from May through September. Running Aces is the home of the $50,000 Dan Patch free-for-all pace and the $300,000 Minnesota Night of Champions. With live harness racing action three nights a week every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night, and our signal is available on ADWs and at racebooks and simulcast facilities near you. Visit our website, runaces.com, for more information. Again, that's runaces.com. Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot-enriched states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's Winback farm.com all right welcome back to post time with mike and mike presented by bet america it's time to get out of here another edition in the books of post time with mike and mike don't forget to join us coming up on sunday at jackson raceway as we'll be broadcasting live stay tuned to our social media as well as our website for more information of course next thursday we'll be back with another exciting show post time 10 30 a.m eastern we'll be broadcasting live from the meadowlands pace coming up this saturday after that so a busy week for us here at post time with mike and mike of you for we'll see you once again Sunday at Jackson Raceway. Night, One last call for alcohol to so finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I'm 
know.